What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Football Podcast with Nick and Cody. Cody, we have football later tonight. Uh, if you're listening to this, you will have already seen the Rams and Bills game because this will come out on Friday. But we are recording on Thursday afternoon, so we are just hours away from the kickoff of the NFL season. I am absolutely stoked, my man. How about you? I cannot wait. Obviously, if you're already listening to this, you've seen Thursday Night Football and you've seen how that played out. But Nick and I, as we're recording this, are still completely raw. We have no football. Um, that We have not watched any f- real football to start the season yet. So I cannot wait for tonight. Um, I will unfortunately be driving in a car whenever the game starts. But hopefully I'll get to my destination by midway through the first quarter, if I'm lucky. So... Cody, I'll, I'll send you my notes in case you don't catch the beginning of the game. Don't worry. I have you covered. Um, we have quite a bit to get to today. We have the week one matchups. We're going to break down every game, uh, spending more time on the players that are maybe a little bit tougher to decide on, and uh, hopefully getting to the bottom of any start-sit uh, decisions that you have uh, for your teams this week. Uh, news and notes, not too much to update from what we uh, talked about the other day with our Thursday night preview. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders retired over the weekend, or uh, excuse me, during the week. You know, good to see that. He retired as a Bronco. We always uh, always respect our, our former players there, so sad to see Emmanuel Sanders go. Hopefully he has a good retirement. Uh, Joe Flacco will start this Sunday and actually saw a report that came out pretty recently today. Looks like he'll be starting the first three weeks of the season. Uh, the earliest Zach Wilson will be back is week four. So uh, slight bump up for all the Jets receivers, honestly. Uh, but, you know, not too much of a change. We're, we're talking about Joe Flacco here, not, uh, you know, not anybody too great. And then uh, Chris Godwin is the last piece of news I saw here. He's actually going to be a game-time decision on Sunday. We'll get into him later when we uh, do the Bucks and Dallas. But, Cody, do you have any reaction to uh, these news items? No, we'll get into it, um, each of these, as we get into the games. But Joe Flacco, I think that really helps the running backs there, either Brees Hall or Michael Carter, if you were, like, flex considering either of those two, just because Zach Wilson just doesn't throw the football to the running back. Both of those are good receiving options out of the backfield. So if you were going to start Brees Hall week one, I feel more comfortable doing that. And if you were going to throw, like, a deep flex play on – Michael Carter, I think you can feel more comfortable doing that with the news Flacco is going to be starting for the first three weeks. Yeah, that's a pretty good point on the running backs there. Uh, you're definitely right. Flacco will throw to his running backs more than Wilson, at least this, uh, to this point in his career. And I would honestly give a bump up to the receivers, too. I'm just not confident in Wilson as, as a quarterback quite yet. So uh, a little bit more confidence in Eli Moore and Garrett Wilson uh, for the first couple weeks of the year. But we have a lot of week one matchups to get into here, so let's get it going. Uh, Our first one here is a divisional matchup, NFC South, New Orleans at Atlanta. New Orleans favored by five and a half on the road uh, against the Falcons here, over-unders 42 and a half. Uh, We're going to go ahead and start uh, with New Orleans. Uh, Before we get into all these, I actually want to make a point here that we're going to try and uh, timestamp all these games in our description, and we're always going to have the same format for each game. We're going to go road team, then away team, and for each team, we're going to go quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. So if you have a specific player you want to hear about, you don't have time to listen to uh, the full hour here, uh, you can go ahead and just jump to uh, you know the player based on where the, the game is at in the description. So if you guys need help there, that is how to navigate the pod. Getting going here uh, for New Orleans, uh, starting with the quarterback position, 
Jameis Winston, uh, really only an option in um, super flex leagues. I like him as a QB2 this week. Uh, not much more to say, though. You're probably not considering him in any league that's only starting one quarterback, though. Um, Alvin Kamara, also pretty much just an auto start here. Uh, you know, he's a surefire RB1, um, and there's not much else to say. I'd say, you know, maybe even throw him into your DFS lineups. Should be a pretty good matchup with Atlanta this week. Uh, and then we get into a little bit more of the actual decision-making here uh, with the wide receiver room and Michael Thomas. Um, he's a tough guy to cage for me, uh, has been all offseason. That's basically what I say every time we bring up Michael Thomas's name. But <laughs> I, am, I am really trying to avoid him this week. Uh, he's still on the injury report. Seems like that's been the case for the last two years, basically. But all, uh, all through training camp, he was dealing with an ankle. Still dealing with that ankle. Uh, looks like he's going to play, but I'm really trying to avoid him if I can. Um, right here I have listed uh, Adam Thielen or Michael Thomas. That's kind of a decision I could see somebody having to make. I would go Thielen there. I don't know about you. Um, I think if I drafted Thomas and he plays, I would go ahead and start him. Um, but that's a pretty good line because if Thomas is – if there's any more news that comes out that his ankle injury is a little bit more concerning than what's already come out, I would probably throw Thielen in there. Uh, but as, we'll kind of, as you'll see as we kind of go throughout these games, Thielen's a bar that we kind of set, and I'm usually picking the other players. So I think that can kind of tell you I'm a little bit lower on both Thomas and Thielen overall for week one. Both those guys, I just want to see how they're involved in the offense. Thielen, I just want to make sure he hasn't completely lost a step over the offseason before I put him out there in a fantasy game. Yeah, that's totally uh, that's totally fair there. Uh, Atlanta actually has some pretty good outside corners too, so a little bit of a yeah. tougher matchup for Thomas and Alave than you would expect uh, against a bad team in Atlanta. They uh, Casey Hayward and AJ Terrell on the outside are above sure. average options. Um, so Alave, we can kind of piggyback there. I think I would be less reluctant to start him in his first NFL game against a pretty good corner, like we just said. Um, so I think you're throwing a dart with Alave if you're in a really deep league. You can go ahead and start him if you don't have better options, but. Trying to avoid in redraft and, uh, you know, only a, a dart throw in DFS, as I just said. Uh, that, that being said, Landry in the slot actually has a pretty good matchup, so that's where I would throw my dart in DFS. But again, uh, redraft, I'm probably staying away from all these guys. Thomas would be the one I'd start if I had to. Yep, I agree with you there. I don't mind Olave as a starter in some deeper leagues. Um, he had some good usage during the preseason, so... If Thomas is injured and that ankle becomes more of a concern, I think that could bump Olave up. And then for me, Jarvis is just the ultimate wait-and-see guy. He may be the fourth option on this team with Jameis throwing the football. He may have zero fantasy relevance um, without an injury or something. So if you did draft him in like a really deep league, I would still just hold on and see how he's involved. But um, I don't think there's any circumstance that I'm starting Jarvis Landry this week. Maybe a DFS dart throw because he's got to be insanely cheap, but that would be the only consideration. Same here. Uh, moving on to Atlanta, Marcus Mariota at the quarterback position. Uh, we're avoiding even in Superflex. This is a really tough matchup, and uh, Mariota's on the bottom end of the QB2s anyway. So hoping you have a better option there even in a Q2, uh, QB2 league. Uh, running backs, uh, Cordero Patterson's really the only one we're considering here, uh, but I'm pretty low on him this week. Uh, tough matchup with New Orleans. Uh, I'd throw him in the mid-tier RB4 range. Um, kind of just really what I'm wanting out of this backfield is some clarity on how the usage is going to be split between him, Algier, and even Damian Williams. Uh, but yeah, I'm avoiding Patterson if I can this week. 
Yep, same here. I luckily left all my drafts with zero shares of Patterson, so I don't... The only thing that's going to be interesting in this game for me is how involved Tyler Algier is. Um, like, I would love for Nick to be validated in his super long shot he called like four <laughs> months ago, and I did take him in a lot of the leagues that I'm not in with Nick, so that would it'd be great if I don't look crazy for having a guy who's projected 2.2 points on my uh, bench. So... Um, yeah, I, that's the biggest thing for this matchup for me. I want to see how involved Algier is out of the gate. Uh, the wide receiver room for Atlanta, really only one name we're looking at here. That's Drake London, the rookie. Uh, tough matchup. He's probably going to draw Lattimore on the outside. Um, I'd throw him in the low-end wide receiver three category this week. He's also nursing that knee injury. Looks like he's going to play, but... Uh, I'm probably trying to avoid him as well if I can. Uh, again, first NFL game, relatively tough matchup. He should see some volume. So I actually have a, a point here on London or Alave in the same game, both the rookies. Uh, what way would you go there, Cody? I think I would go with Olave just because, as crazy as this may sound, I think I trust Jameis Winston more than Marcus Mariota, and I think Kyle Pitts is the true wide receiver one in uh, Atlanta. So I think Olave with a weekend Mike Thomas may be it may be easier for him to either find the end zone or get enough receptions to make him fantasy value or fantasy relevant. London, um, I, I'm actually I've risen on London throughout the offseason. I just want to see him on an NFL field before I plug him into my fantasy lineup. Really, any of these rookies, I'm gonna try to avoid playing if I can, wide receiver wise. But if you're stuck in this like pigeonhole, I would probably go Olave. Yeah, I think I would go London, but it's real close. Uh, I just I just think he has probably a slightly better chance for a touchdown. But, uh, yeah, both these guys are kind of in the same wide receiver three, wide receiver four range. Hopefully you have better options, but, um, you know, you can always throw them out there if you're desperate. Uh, tight end here, Kyle Pitts. You're definitely starting him. I had slightly lower expectations with the tough matchup. Maybe avoid him in DFS, but he's in your lineup for sure. Yep, for sure. Do you have anything else you want to mention on this game before we move to 49ers-Bears? Nope, Cody, you can take point. All right, sweet. So we have San Francisco at Chicago. San Francisco currently a seven-point favorite, 40-and-a-half point over-under. Um, that's pretty crazy in of itself, yeah. Not very many points expected here, and it looks like San Francisco should have almost all of them when you look at that over-under and this point spread. So we'll jump right into San Francisco here. Their quarterback, my guy, Trey Lance, um, I think Trey Lance is fine. I'm not too concerned with the Jimmy G uh, re-signing, restructuring. So I, Nick has him here as a low-end starter. If you drafted him and you don't have another option, uh, I would just go ahead and play him with confidence. If you have someone maybe like uh, Matthew Stafford who's playing, you know, by the time you've already listened to this, he's already playing, but – Maybe you want to take a safer option for week one, but I, I truly love Lance, so I'm going to be happy to start him. Uh, Nick, you have a Lance or Carr take here. Would you take Carr over Lance in week one? I think in a six-point touchdown, uh, six-point per passing touchdown league, I would go Carr here uh, with the higher scoring game against uh, the Chargers in the uh, the 3 o'clock zone there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just have a slightly less confidence in Lance overall, to be honest. And I feel like this game, I've, I've said this a couple times already, but I feel like this game could going to kind of turn into a low-scoring slugfest. I'm not sure how much the Bears are going to be able to do against the 49ers defense, so Lance might just not be asked to do too much here. I'd probably go Carr, but, yeah, you're not uh, considering a streamer. To, you don't want to drop a potentially you know valuable asset on your bench to, to stream someone for Lance. I'm, I'm not terribly 
you know, it's not like I'm saying no Trey Lance this week, but I do have him on the lower end of the starting spectrum. Yep. And we said if you're going to take Trey Lance, you should probably take another, you know, quarterback of value. Exactly. So yep. that would, this would be one of those situations where maybe you just take the safer play, see how Trey Lance plays out. Uh, the running back room in San Francisco, we're really going to only highlight one guy. He's been kind of the clear starter, and that's Elijah Mitchell. Uh, we have him out of mid-tier, running back two, um, and really good one here. Again, Mitchell or ETN. I am probably going to go ETN if I need someone that's going to have like a really big game and just hope that he gets all the receiving work out of the backfield and still out carries James Robinson. But if I just need someone that's going to put up guaranteed points for me to beat my opponent, then I'm going to go Mitchell. Yeah, I'd probably go Mitchell, too, just with the risk of James Robinson actually being the lead guy in Jacksonville. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I think the 49ers will be leading this game most likely, so Mitchell should have plenty of opportunity. Yep. Wide receivers here, Debo, enough said. You're starting him, no questions. Brandon Ayuk. Um, I've actually been kind of high on Ayuk for this year. Um, I've been reading a lot of 49ers things. Obviously, since I'm high on Trey Lance, I want to know who he's – favorite guy is and a lot of people are saying Ayuk might be his favorite receiver as of right now um I would we have another one here Ayuk or Drake London I would probably start Ayuk but I know Nick's a little low on this game in general would you take London over him I'd probably take Ayuk just because London has that tough matchup against New Orleans both those games kind of profile to be a little lower scoring and uh Ayuk has a pretty good matchup against uh, a weaker Bears secondary so I think I would go Ayuk but yeah, the low pass volume does scare me a little bit. For sure. And then tight end, George Kittle. If you pay the draft capital, you're definitely going to start him. Um, he's just one of those guys, especially in this where you don't know where Trey Lance is kind of going to fall yet. He could potentially give you a dud, but there's not going to be anybody on your waiver wire worth switching out for George Kittle. Yeah, uh, agreed. But Kittle is uh, dealing with an injury. Uh, he picked up he on is, Monday. Yes, so just make sure he is playing. But other than that, yeah, if you have him, you're starting Yep. I actually did did read something that the injury is more concerning to the 49ers than they may be leading on. I'm glad you brought that up because I was listening to something about that earlier today. Definitely something you want to consider. Maybe even want to grab a tight end now while you're listening to this uh, so that way no one else grabs the guy you may be looking at. Agreed. But on the Bears side here, we'll go ahead and uh, start with the quarterback, Justin Fields. Don't mind in a super flex league, but in any kind of traditional 12 or even 14 person league i'm gonna stay away from him i want to see him prove that he can be the guy that they drafted him to be before i start him for my fantasy team yeah agreed cool running back david montgomery uh low end running back two here i may be a little bit higher than nick um but the thing with david montgomery this week is you have an insane 49ers rushing defense that he's gonna have to try and run through behind a terrible offensive line so this may just be an overall bad matchup for him but in the scenario we have here, Jacobs or Montgomery, I'm still going to lean on Montgomery. For some reason, Josh Jacobs, like the news continuously coming out of Las Vegas is just anti-Josh Jacobs. So for that reason, it may be a stupid reason, I would lean Montgomery over Jacobs. Uh, I'd probably say Jacobs in half and non-PBR, Montgomery in full. Uh, very tough matchup against that San Francisco front for Montgomery. And uh, Jacobs gets uh, a pretty easy one from last year. Chargers were pretty bad against the run. So I expect him to have a better shot at a touchdown than Montgomery. So Jacobs in half and non, uh, Montgomery in full. Yeah, luckily both those guys fell far enough in drafts that like they're not in that like must-start category. You didn't draft them with insane capital, so... 
Uh, right. You can definitely look elsewhere if you don't feel comfortable with either of those two in your flex spot. Uh, wide receiver Darnell Mooney is going to be the only one that we're going to touch. I actually am very high on Darnell Mooney. I think that he could just be an absolute target monster for this team. Um, we have here Mooney or Mike Thomas in half in full PPR. I'm going Mooney every single time this week. Non-PPR, I'd probably still lean Mooney, but I'd be a little bit closer to taking Mike Thomas. Yeah, I think I'm going Mooney in all formats as well. I just don't have a ton of uh, confidence in Mike Thomas right now. Yep, easy enough. And then tight end, Cole Komet. This is a guy that a lot of fantasy platforms have been telling you to go get in your drafts. Um, I If you drafted him, there's probably not going to be anyone better to start uh, this week on the waiver wires. And if he's still on the waiver wire, he is someone I would consider stashing because I think he could have a week one performance where he does see 10-ish targets, maybe gets eight, seven, eight catches, something like that. There's going to have to be a second receiving option on this team. I think that person's going to be Cole Komet. So I would just take a look. Probably not out there, but he still might be. Yeah, I definitely like him in season long. And, um, you know, he's probably a slight downgrade just because of the tough matchup. But if you have him as your starter, wouldn't be looking for a streamer. Go ahead and play him. Sweet. Well, that wraps up 49ers Bears. Let's go ahead, Nick. You can take over for Steelers at Bengals. All righty. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati here. Um, Another divisional matchup here in week one. Uh, We're going to start with the Steelers. Uh, At the quarterback position, Mitch Trubisky, uh, I'm going ahead and staying away here. Even in uh, two quarterback leagues, I think you can probably find a better option than Mitch Trubisky. Kind of a tough matchup from last year uh, against Cincinnati. Uh, Najee Harris, definitely starting him. Um, Don't really care about the matchup with Najee. Honestly, he's going to get fed the ball. And if you have him on your redraft team, you're starting him. Maybe avoid in uh, DFS, but that's about it on Najee. You're definitely starting him. Deontay Johnson, um, he's a little bit of a tougher call for me. I'd put him in the low-end wide receiver two category. Uh, I don't know how you feel about Johnson here. Cincinnati doesn't really have a shutdown number one corner necessarily, so he's not going to have to face a shadow. But uh, I just don't really know how this is going to play out with the target share from Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I have a note here on Judy or Deontay. I would go uh, with Judy myself, uh, having a little more confidence in Russ. Yeah, that's completely understandable. I actually sat here and pondered that one for probably too long and then ended up going with Deontay. Uh, Reason being, I could see the Steelers being down 10, 14 points very early in this game, where on the opposite side, I could see Denver being up 10 to 14 points very early in their game on Monday night. So I think I'm going to lean Deontay just because the Steelers may have to throw the ball a lot more. Um, And again, with Deontay Johnson... I still believe he has elite separation ability, and if you have Mitch with a weak arm or a rookie quarterback, either of those I think he's going to be valuable for. Um, So I would actually play Deontay Johnson over Jerry Judy this week. I don't think you can go wrong with either of those two, but when I just look at the way that I think these games should play out, I think Deontay's going to have a better chance at fantasy relevance. And we're both uh, waiting and seeing on Claypool and Pickens just to see how involved they are in the offense. I'm not uh, trying to start either one of them. Uh, Worth noting that I saw Deontay Johnson was limited in practice as well. Uh, Some of these are just going to be uh, 
you know, veterans getting uh, days off, some, so that type of thing. There's going to be lots of guys questionable throughout the year on Wednesdays this week because there is no more probable designation. So that's just something to keep an eye on. Maybe nothing with Deontay, but if he doesn't play, uh, Claypool does become an option at that point. But sure. uh, at the tight end position, uh, Pat, Pat Fryermuth scored a touchdown in both games last year against Cincy, and he was a low-end starter. If you drafted him to be your guy, uh, you can go ahead and play him. Not looking for a streamer uh, here for Fryermuth, but – yeah, he's just uh, he's in that low end starting category. Yep. Anything I agree you want to add on Prime Youth? Are you good? No, I may want to check the waiver wire just to make sure no one's out there that you may want to start over him. But Friar Muth is fine if you're in that streaming category. Moving on to the Bengals, we have Joe Burrow at quarterback. Uh, tough matchup against Pittsburgh, but he did just fine in both the games uh, last year. So I'm going ahead and starting him if he's your guy. No worries uh, about Burrow here. Mixon, sure thing. Uh, same thing here with Mixon. He is a surefire RB1. You're definitely playing him. Uh, Jamar Chase uh, from the wide receiver room. Again, surefire wide receiver one. Nothing to really see here. You're definitely having him in your lineup. Um, and, you know, he's, a, he's always a good DFS play because he can blow up at any time. T. Higgins, another uh, pretty much surefire start here. Uh, high end wide receiver two for me. Uh, I have a note on Higgins. Uh, if you're maybe in a shallower league that you know has a lot of good options, uh, Higgins or Marquise Brown, I would probably stick with Higgins just because of the, uh, you know, the continuity there with Joe Burrow. But what about you? Yeah, I actually went the other way. I think I would probably start Brown over Higgins in Week One. Um, I think Brown will probably out-target, maybe even out-receive Higgins, but I don't want the unsaid to go heard here i still love t higgins and he's going to be in all of my starting lineups but if you're in a shallow league making this decision i would probably take brown at least for the first couple weeks especially with no d hop there yeah i really do love both of those options this week i think they could both uh play very well uh marquise by himself in uh, arizona like you said uh with the tight end room here Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Cody. Oh, I was going to say, I saw that question on here and I was like, what is this, like a six-person league? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I, I wanted to find one question to ask on the Bengals side because basically all yeah. these guys were just, yep, we're starting them. So I figured maybe somebody out there had this decision to make. But yeah, you're probably starting both of those guys if you have them. Um, tight end room uh, with the Bengals. Hayden Hurst is the guy we're looking at here, but I don't think you're uh, plugging him into your lineup unless you're in a super, super deep league and you're maybe starting two tight ends or something. But Hurst is a potential streamer late in the year. Just wait and see what his involvement is. Um, anything you want to add on the Bengals and Steelers, or can we move on to the Eagles and Lions? Nope. I will go ahead and move on to the Eagles and Lions. So Philadelphia playing at Detroit, uh, Philly, a four-point favorite, which I found kind of surprising. I mean, that's not a, a big favorite, but pretty big coming off of a pretty bad playoff performance. So Vegas is obviously very high on this team. Over-under at 48 and a half. Starting here with Philadelphia quarterback Jalen Hurts. If you drafted him, you're definitely playing him. This isn't a matchup that I'd be worried about starting him in. Uh, running back, we have Miles Sanders. Now, this is a guy I would say I'm really down on. Um, I think that Philadelphia is going to go to more of a committee style back with him, Gainwell, and then whoever they want to work in as the third option. Um, I know you have a note here about Rashad Penny. I would start Rashad Penny 100 out of 100 times over Miles Sanders. 
Uh, I'm not quite as convinced. I'd probably go Sanders myself just because of the easy uh, matchup here with Detroit. I think uh, Philadelphia should have their way uh, with their their line dominating Detroit's front. And Penny is a good option against Denver. I'd say this is a coin flip for me, so I'm not strong one way or another because Penny should be the only guy there, but slightly tougher matchup with the Broncos, so I'd go Sanders. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so let's go... Sorry, missed my spot here. A.J. Brown, high-end wide receiver, too. If you drafted him, I would definitely start him again here. No questions. Uh, Devontae Smith. Now, this is a little bit of a tough one here. Um, And I'm going to group him in with tight end Dallas Goddard. Um, I think Dallas Goddard is going to be the second receiving option on this team. I think Nick may have convinced me on that. Um, So, for that reason, I think I'm going to stay away from Devontae Smith. We have him and Renfro. Um, Smith or Renfro, I would probably play Renfro this week. Um, but both of them are very iffy options to me. Yeah, I think that Smith and Renfro comparison is pretty interesting because you kind of have uh, very similar molds there with the passing game uh, between the Chargers or excuse me, between the uh, the Raiders and the Eagles. You have the Raiders with the dominant number one Devontae Adams, the number two in Renfro, and then the tight end in uh, Waller, and then the Eagles. Same thing. You got Brown as the number one. Smith is the two and Goddard at the tight end. I just think uh, the Eagles probably have a a lower pass volume than the Raiders, so not quite as much to go around. One of these guys could end up having a dud, and I would bet on it being Smith out of the three of them. I would probably go run pro as well. Yeah. Yep, I agree with you there. And then, like I already said, tight end Dallas Goddard. I think he was drafted with enough draft capital that he's going to be your starter for week one. Um, I don't think you're going to find anyone on the waiver wire that's more – that's going to have a better week than Goddard. So we can move on over to Detroit. Their QB, Jared Goff. I don't think that he's even on a streaming radar, so not much to say there. Uh, Running backs here in Detroit, uh, again, DeAndre Swift. I think it was too much draft capital not to start him going into week one, and he should be really good. So DeAndre Swift, an auto start. And then Jamal Williams, I think is a little bit interesting. I took a few flyers on him in a couple drafts. I just want to keep an eye on him. See how many touches he gets. Um, you know, he may end up being a pretty valuable draft pick. Um, but for this week, I mean, he's obviously on your bench. He's more more just an insurance piece in case Swift gets hurt. Maybe gets enough work in the passing game that he's relevant in super deep leagues. But uh, you have anything to add about the running back room for Detroit? No, not really. I think I pretty much echo every point you said there. You're starting Swift and just keep an eye on Williams' uh, involvement. Cool. And then wide receivers here, Amon Ra St. Brown. So I, I'm i actually pretty high on Amon Ra. I think he's going to be where he was drafted. He's probably in your flex spot. So that's going to be really, I mean, really good upside there. The issue is this team seems to really want to run the football and Jared Goff is his quarterback as well as a few other receiving options, either getting healthy or getting added to the team. I, I'm going to start him this year or not this year. I'm going to start him this week with confidence, but you got to watch out for DJ Chark. You want to see how involved Hawkinson is. Um, and then obviously as the season goes along, so Williamson's going to be coming back. So I think his value may be at a really, at an all time high, at least to start the season. And we'll kind of see how he plays out. Yeah, I'm probably a little lower on St. Brown this week. The Eagles are a pretty tough matchup from the secondary perspective. They have some good corners, both on the inside and the out. Uh, but, you know, he's in the mid, uh, mid-tier mid wide receiver three range. He should see plenty of targets for uh, guys that are ranked around him. Uh, you, you can start Brown, St. Brown if you have him in a flex spot. But, you know, I think there are opportunities to have a better uh, better option here. 
Yep. And then last but not least, tight end TJ Hawkinson. Um, same thing with a lot of these guys we've already talked about. If you drafted them, you're probably playing them. There's probably not anybody on the waiver wire that seems um, as interesting as him. And then Nick did add here 10 catches for 89 yards last year against Philadelphia. So if he repeats that, you're going to be very happy for playing him. Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as Philly's defense goes from last year, tight end was kind of their weak spot as far as coverage goes. So uh, slight bump up for Hawkinson here. But uh, again, yeah, you were probably already starting him anyway. For sure. I think we're good to go ahead and move on to Patriots in Miami. New England at Miami. Uh, another divisional matchup here in week one. Uh, the Miami Dolphins favored by three and a half points here. An over-under of 46 seems a little high to me for a Bill Belichick game, uh, but we'll see how it plays out. We're going to start with the Patriots' Mac Jones. He's a, uh, a low-end QB2 option for Superflex, but uh, not much else here. Not really on the streaming radar for one QB leagues. Uh, running back for the Patriots is where it gets a little bit more interesting. Uh, Damian Harris is the starter. Uh, but I, I really would prefer to wait and see on both these guys, both Damian Harris and Ramadre Stevenson, to kind of see how the split works out because uh, it's really gone back and forth a lot this offseason with hype for Harris and hype for Stevenson. I'm not really sure how it's going to play out. Um, I think uh, I think this Harrison, Harris Stevenson or Brees Hall is kind of a good comparison uh, because I think you could actually feasibly have a decision between either Harris or Stevenson and Brees Hall right now in your leagues. I think I'm going to go Hall uh, between these three, but I'm really not confident in that decision. Uh, all three of them are kind of uh, sketchy plays. What do you think about this uh, running back situation? Yeah, they are all three very sketchy plays. Um, I, Whenever I was looking at it, I think out of the three, I would start uh, Harris with the most confidence. Again, I think this is a guy who may just end up losing his job as the season goes on, so I think he may just be more involved in week one. Um, if it's PPR, I may go Stevenson and just hope that he really takes over that role early. Um, but I think I would have Brees Hall at the bottom of these three, just because I think that it's going to be pretty split in the Jets' backfield to start the season. I do think Hall will take it over by you know week three or four, but week one I don't see them just giving him a large workload. So very iffy on all three of these guys. If I can, I'm keeping them out of my starting lineups for week one, but I would go uh, Harris, Stevenson, Hall to list the three. Tough uh, Miami secondary to deal with here. So the wide receiver room, I don't really think we're targeting one guy in particular at all. Uh, maybe DFS dart throw with uh, Devontae Parker. You have the revenge narrative there. But uh, other than that, I don't think we're looking anywhere here in the wide receiver room for a starter in a redraft league. The tight end room is the only other spot that I could see uh, you actually playing somebody here. That's Hunter Henry. Uh, maybe for the Kittle owners out there that want to have a backup in case he doesn't end up playing. Um we have a, uh, a question here between three guys that may be on your waiver wire, Hunter Henry, Fryermuth, or uh, Bob Tanyan. I'm probably going Fryermuth out of those three, and then Henry, and then Tanyan, considering his knee situation. How about you, Cody? Yep, I, I didn't even think about his knee situation when I added him on here, but I agree with you. I'm going to leave Tanyan off until his knee's you know better and he proves it on the field, but... Um, if you do have Hunter Henry as your starting tight end, I would take a look and see who else is out there. Um, I think there may be some better options for you. But, you know, if you're starting Henry, you know, just hope that he ends up finding the end zone because he did that a couple times last year, which made him pretty fantasy relevant. Yeah, if he doesn't score, it's going to be tough for him to uh, to get to where he needs to be to, to be a positive in your fantasy lineup. Uh, moving on to Miami. 
from the quarterback position, Tua Tungavailoa. We uh, we pretty much view him as a mid-tier QB2. I'm probably not looking his way, uh, at least this week, with a tough matchup to start uh, in a one-quarterback league, but he's a fine option as your QB2 in Superflex. Uh, in the running back room, Chase Edmonds. Uh, I actually like Ch- Chase Edmonds a lot this week. Uh, he did pick up. He's one of another one of those guys that was listed as questionable on the injury report Wednesday, but doesn't seem like that's too serious. Just keep an eye on it. He seems like he's going to play, though. Uh, Edmonds, I'd fire up as an RB2 in uh, PPR formats, especially. Uh, slight bump down in non, but uh, I think you can still start him even in non. Uh, I have a note here on Edmonds or David Montgomery. Uh, I think I would go, uh, I would honestly go Chase Edmonds in, and this is tough. I think I would go Montgomery in non, uh, and then Chase in half and full PPR. How about you? Yeah, I was thinking I would go Montgomery in all, but I think I would bump Edmonds up in a full PPR. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Edmonds may just be surprising and actually just be the real, like, be really good for fantasy to start the season. We'll see if he can stay healthy and maintain it. But um, with the options down there in Miami, I don't see there's a way that Edmonds doesn't perform. And he is going to the only the only thing that made me consider Montgomery over him in all is you have a rookie head coach going up against Bill Belichick's defense in their first game. There's a chance that Miami could just come out looking discombobulated and Bill Belichick throwing them a curveball here and there. So. Um, I think he's going to get enough workload, though. I would put Edmonds in full PPR, and I'd go Montgomery half PPR and non-PPR. And then uh, keep an eye on Raheem Mostert's uh, you know, involvement in the offense here. I think I'm avoiding him in any sort of redraft situation. If you want to throw a DFS dart on Mostert, I don't mind it. But other than that, uh, you're pretty much waiting and seeing there. Uh, the wide receiver room, uh, another interesting topic here with the Dolphins. Tyree Kill, uh, I, I put him in a high-end wide receiver two category. I'm a little lower than most, but you're definitely starting him if you have him. Um, you know, uh, you, like you said, with the, the Belichick defense, it uh, could be end up being a tough day for the Dolphins offense, but Hill is a starter for you if you drafted him. And then Jalen Waddell, I think is probably in the same boat. I have him in the uh, lower end of the wide receiver two category, but if you drafted him, he's probably starting. In your lineup, uh, I think Waddle or Brandon Cooks is a pretty good uh, comp here. I'd probably lean Cooks myself, even though he has a tough uh, matchup with Stephon Gilmore, probably shadowing him. Uh, but you know, Waddle obviously has the Patriots defense, no uh, no easy task as well. How about you? Um, I think I would. I think I'd personally start Cooks. I mean, people spent up on Waddle, so they're probably going to feel like they have to start him. But I really just want to see how this offense is going to play out before I put their wide receiver two out there. Um, now, we've also been saying multiple times there's a chance Jalen Waddle may just be the wide receiver one on this team because he, him and two already have that connection. But uh, for week one, I'm going to put Cooks out there against Indianapolis, which is tough because that's also a tough matchup we'll get into. But I still lean Cooks. And I'm not looking at uh, Mike Kosicki from the tight end room here. I'd rather start Henry in the same game. Uh, there's plenty of streamers I prefer over Kosicki, so I'm not looking his way at all. Anything else that you want to uh, point out on the Dolphins and the Patriots? No, let's go ahead and move on in here to the Baltimore Ravens at the New York Jets. Uh, Baltimore favored by seven over under 44 and a half points. Uh, we'll start here with Baltimore. Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, surefire QB1. You're going to start him for sure. We'll move into the running back room, which is definitely going to have some question marks here. J.K. Dobbins, um, 
if he does play, which I did see a note saying that he was still questionable for week one, I would prefer not to start him. I think he fell far enough in drafts. You should have had other options there. Um, but even if he is, even if he does play, I mean, I would play him with like flex level confidence and hope that he gets the ball enough. But I think that Mike Davis is going to end up being the the lead back there for week one. Um, you know, with Mike Davis obviously coming off a terrible year with the Falcons in which he was replaced by Cordero Patterson. So I don't even want to think that there's a lot of upside by playing him. But if there is no Dobbins, I think he can get enough carries to be fantasy relevant for the week. Um, Nick asked an absolutely terrifying question here. Mike Davis, <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson, or Damian Harris? And I guess if I had to pick one of those three to throw in like my second flex spot, I might just go Mike Davis just because I know he's going to get a guaranteed amount of carries where Stevenson Harris, we're not really sure where those are going to go. Yeah, um, I've kind of gone back to uh, the, the Stevenson Harris side of things. I think I was on the Davis side when I wrote this doc, but um, I've read some more reports that Kenyon Drake may be the lead guy here, so I'm probably just staying away completely. Uh, hopefully all of these options, I can say that, but I, uh, I'll go with whoever I have in Stevenson or Harris over Davis just based on talent alone. Yeah, that's fair. And if Kenyon Drake is at all involved, then I throw everything I said about Mike Davis away. If they split between those two, <laughs> yeah. neither of those two should start in your fantasy lineup. Uh, wide receiver Rashad Bateman. Um, again, another guy I'm playing with like flex-level confidence. Um, I think that he could be really, really good. It may just take a couple weeks for their passing game to really get to the level we want to see it at. But um you know, you have Bateman or Devontae Smith. I'm starting Bateman all day with a lot more confidence than I'd be starting Smith. So uh, you have anything else you want to add about Bateman or any other wide receivers there? No, I agree. Uh, definitely interested to see his involvements, and uh, I would agree I'd go Bateman over Devontae Smith. Perfect. And then last but not least, tight end Mark, Andrew, Mark Andrews. You paid up for him. He's a great tight end. You're starting him with no questions. We can uh, go ahead and transition over to the New York Jets, their quarterback, Joe Flacco. As we highlighted earlier, even though we may not see this as a um, you know great fantasy option in himself, we do think it's going to bump up the other options around him. Um, running backs, Brees Hall, again, I would be very risky. I'd feel very risky putting him out there in week one. A lot of reports saying that he's going to be the RB2 behind Carter to start the season, and best-case scenario, they're splitting carries, so... Um, I think for that reason, I'm just going to stay away. But if you're in a deeper league, you paid up for him, you got to start him. I, I understand it. I think Flacco does give him the bump because Flacco can drop it down. Or Yes, he can drop it down to the running backs more often than I think Zach Wilson would. And for that same reason, if you have Michael Carter in a super deep league, I don't mind starting him at the flex position as long as Joe Flacco is the quarterback and we can see his involvement after week one. If he's not involved at all and it's just Brees Hall's backfield, obviously Michael Carter is relatively useless. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I agree with you. Hopefully avoiding both these guys in redraft uh, in Brees Hall and Michael Carter. Tough matchup with the Ravens. They were uh, a really good run defense last year, and they should be again this year based on their personnel. Uh, but yeah, I think Brees Hall, the only way, only place I'm really looking at him is in a DFS tournament because uh, he's probably not going to be rostered very heavily and he is a home run hitter. So he could go for a 60, 70 yard touchdown if uh, he breaks one. But 
I think he's probably going to have to have that big play to have a decent day. I don't see him grinding away, uh, you know, five to six yard carries on the on the regular against this really tough defense. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, do you have anything about Michael Carter? Do you want to throw anything in there? I I would probably avoid. I'm a little lower. (laughs) No, I'm probably a little lower than you are on him. I just I I think that the bottom could fall out here, and it could be you know eight eight carries and 20 yards for Michael Carter. So I, I'd probably just avoid completely. And, uh, you know, again, throw a dart in DFS if you want, but I'd wait and see the uh, the split. Yep, for sure. So then wide, wide receiver, uh, Elijah Moore um, here. Hopefully, like you said, he's avoiding Peters and Humphrey in the slot. Um, I'm actually pretty high on Elijah Moore. We have Elijah Moore, Juju Smith-Schuster. I think I'd start Elijah Moore with a lot more confidence than I'd start Juju. Um Again, I think Elijah Moore is going to be the number one receiving option on this team, whereas Juju could be the third or fourth option on the Chiefs overall. So um, I, I actually really like Elijah Moore. I feel like this is a guy that I'm going to regret not getting more of in fantasy drafts this season. That's really funny that you said that. I was just about to make that point. I was about to say I really love this player, and I'm very sad that I did not end up with any shares of him on uh, my important leagues. But uh, I like him, and I like him in this game. I think that the uh, the Ravens are probably going to be up. The Jets will have to throw in the second half. And uh, with Flacco at the helm, I'm a little bit more confident in uh, Moore's ability to get quality targets, and he should see a lot of them, even if it's against uh, some tougher corners. So I, I like Moore this week and go ahead and play him. That's I would so definitely disgusting start him over that Juju. we're talking about how good Juju Flacco is because the other <laughs> option is Zach Wilson. I was oh, going to say, yeah, it says more about Zach Wilson than it does anything else. but <laughs> Yeah, and then tight end, Uzama, Coughlin. Um, well, if either of these guys becomes the clear one there, then they could be fantasy relevant. But for this week, there's no need to throw either of these guys in your lineup. Um, but something to keep an eye on. Yep, we can go ahead and move into Jacksonville and Washington. Uh, Washington uh, favored by two and a half in this game over under 43 and a half. Some major disrespect to the commanders, if you ask me, at home. Only favored by two and a half against the team that went 1-15 last year, but we'll see uh, how it plays out. Vegas knows what they're doing most of the time. Uh, starting with the Jacksonville side of things, we have Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think he's a solid option as a QB2 in Superflex leagues, but uh, I'm probably not uh, going going his way in a one-quarterback situation. I think you have better options there. Kind of a wait-and-see approach from Trevor Lawrence is what we were preaching all offseason anyway. So um, moving on to the running back side of things, uh, Travis Etienne is kind of a scary play this week just because we really don't know exactly what his involvement is going to be and what the roles will be between him and James Robinson. But I'm trusting the talent and the camp hype. He's in the RB2 range for me. I'm going to go ahead and start him if you have him. You had to probably draft him in the fourth or fifth round, so he's a starter on your team. Uh, Would you be a little bit more hesitant on ETN here, or would you go ahead and start him? Yeah, I mean, you're definitely a little bit concerned from like a season-long, you know, fantasy value standpoint. But for week one, if you drafted him, I feel like you better start him because this is what you drafted him for. So. Um, I don't necessarily mind it, but I definitely am going to be taking a, a good uh, good look and see how these carries are split up, how he's involved in the receiving work, all that kind of stuff. Um, because it's pretty amazing Robinson's back, but you know, can we really trust Robinson's knee coming off of a injury that used to take like a year to come back from, and he's doing it in you know seven eight months? So I think ETN's fine play. Just definitely make sure you're looking at the uh, box score and watch the game and see how he's used throughout. 
yeah, his involvement is going to be a very, very important point from week one. I think we will be able to glean a lot from this Jacksonville backfield based on how uh, they are used in game one here. The wide receiver room, uh, we're really only looking at one guy. That's Christian Kirk. Uh, I actually really like his matchup this week. Uh, has a weaker corner in the slot on the Washington side that he will be matched up against. Uh, should see quite a bit of volume here from Trevor Lawrence. They should uh, move to a little bit more of a pass-heavy scheme with Doug Peterson at the uh, the helm of the offense. So uh, they paid Kirk, and he's going to be involved. I'd go ahead and start him if uh, you, you need him in your flex spot. You know, you're the, there is a chance that, uh, based on where he was drafted, that he's on your bench. So uh, I think he's a pretty good option, though, if you need him. Uh, here I have a note. Uh, I think these guys are all ranked pretty similarly. Would you go with Kirk, Juju, or Lazard? Yeah, so I took Lazard's injury in this whenever I made these rankings. Sure. So um, I would going into week one, if I had all three on my team, I'm going to start Christian Kirk. I'm going to have Juju as my middle guy, and then I'm just going to leave Lazard on the bench for week one. If he comes out, looks really healthy, looks really good, wonderful. I can't wait to start him in week two, but I don't want to be sitting there holding the bag, losing by a couple points, and Lazard puts up a dud on, you know, due to injury or something like that. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I think the injury to Lazard made this question a little bit easier. I would agree with you. I would go Kirk, Juju, Lazard, myself uh, in this situation here. And then uh, in the tight end room for the Jacksonville Jaguars, we have Evan Ingram. He's another guy that we're waiting and seeing on. Uh, a DFS dart throw if you want to go that route. But again, I think we're just waiting and seeing his involvement and moving on from there. Uh, maybe putting him in the possible streamer category if things break right. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Washington uh, from the quarterback position, Carson Wentz, another guy that's in that mid-tier QB2 range. He's a fine play uh, in a super flex league, but you're probably not looking his way in a one QB league. Um, and in the running back room, uh, it's pretty interesting here that Antonio Gibson has had uh, some ridiculous peaks and valleys this offseason. But uh, I think at this point, he finds himself pretty much in the middle of the RB2 discussion. He should be used a lot against uh, a defense that was pretty weak last year against running backs. It's kind of a crazy question to ask here, but uh, I think I'm going to end up going Gibson between the two of these guys. Uh, would you go Gibson or uh, Zeke Elliott on Sunday night against Tampa Bay? Cody? Sorry, my bad there. Um, yeah, when you were, whenever I was going through the show doc and I was looking at it, I was like, damn Gibson or Zeke like this is where we have Zeke at but then I was like you play in Tampa Bay like okay I I get it I think I'd still go Zeke over Gibson just because the Washington offense is still relatively questionable but Gibson may be one of the biggest values in fantasy to start the season because I mean he was just free falling in fantasy drafts and he went from you know no one wanting to even think about taking him to should I start him over Ezekiel Elliott in week one so that's just crazy to think about. Whenever all those drafts, I just kept watching Gibson fall and fall, and I never was going to take him. And now we're looking at him like he's a pretty solid running back. Wouldn't mind having him for week one. So um, I'd still lean Zeke, and I think Gibson's going to be fine as long as he's the, the RB1 there. I'm not as concerned with him splitting splitting with McKissick. Um, but once Robinson's back, if he can play this season, then Gibson's value is going to be a little questionable. But for week one, I would plug and play him, especially at the value you drafted him at. 
Yeah, 100%. I would take Gibson over Zeke myself. I'm scared of that Tampa Bay matchup. And uh, as you will see later, we'll talk about Zeke and the uh, the entire Cowboys offense a little later on. But I would go ahead and play Gibson against Jacksonville myself. Uh, moving on to the wide receiver room, uh, I guess we can real quick on McKissick. You can you can throw him in the throw him in a flex if you're in a really deep PPR league. But that's the that's the only option that I'm seeing there with JD. I think you're waiting and seeing there uh, on his involvement. Uh, for the wide receiver side of things, uh, for the commanders, Terry McLaurin is the only guy I'm considering starting. Matchup isn't scary. Uh, he's just in that lower end of the wide receiver two uh, category for me. I'd like to see uh, the split between him and Dotson as far as tar- targets go. Uh, but if you drafted Terry, you're probably starting Terry. Yeah, and if you did draft Terry McLaurin, just some positive news for him. Uh, he was... He looked absolutely amazing at the Chiefs uh, Commanders preseason game that I went to. I think he looked way better than any of their other receiving options on the team. Um, so I would I would lock him in as a wide receiver too, pretty confidently this week. And then uh, in the tight end room, Logan Thomas uh, has some streaming potential later in the year, but I'd like to wait and see uh, with Carson Wentz what his usage will be. So I think you're looking elsewhere uh, from Logan Thomas this week. Anything you want to add to the Commanders or the Jaguars? Nope, I think you nailed it there. Um, again, last season, the only like fantasy-relevant options for Carson Wentz were his running back and Michael Pittman, who people are talking about as the biggest breakout in fantasy history this year. So I think I would go ahead and uh, stay away from other options beside McLaurin for this week and just see how it plays out. Yep. You want to start off with uh, the uh, Browns and the Panthers, Cody? Yep, absolutely. So here, uh, Cleveland at Carolina. Carolina favored by a point and a half, over under 41 and a half. Uh, We'll start here with Cleveland. Quarterback Jacoby Brissett, absolutely not. Um, I don't see any situation in which you're starting him unless you're in a 2QB league and just, I don't know, maybe you drafted Deshaun Watson or something like that and you just had to pick him up. Besides that, I don't see any other real value for him. Uh, We can move on to running backs here. This is where Cleveland is... I would say one of the most valuable teams in fantasy football. Uh, Nick Chubb, tough defense, but you're starting them. Enough draft capital, really no question marks for me there. Now, Kareem Hunt does bring a little bit of, you know, some questions in because how much is he going to get used and how you know good is this offense going to be with Jacoby at the helm? Um, I think he's definitely a flex player. I would be a little bit concerned putting him in as my RB2 to start for this week, but I think he may be able to get back to that value soon enough. Um, a great question here, Kareem Hunt or DK Metcalf. Um, I would say I, I'd probably start DK over Hunt. Um, and then we also have Kareem Hunt or Brees Hall. I would easily start Kareem Hunt over Brees Hall. Um, and we'll get into DK when we hit the Seattle game. But, Nick, do you have anything about the running back room in Cleveland? Yeah, I think I would go Hunt, DK, and Hall out of those three myself. Um, I I just think Kareem Hunt's a pretty underrated player uh, behind Chubb in that offense, and I think these are the best two players on the uh, the offensive side of the ball for the Browns, so they should both be heavily involved. I'll go ahead and uh, start Hunt pretty confidently in the flex range. Yep, for sure. Wide receiver, Amari Cooper. Um yeah, I mean, low-end wide receiver three, I mean, should be somewhat fantasy relevant because there's not a lot of passing options on this team. But if I had Amari Cooper, I would be hoping for a boom week and I could just trade him for value then. Um, otherwise, you're probably just hanging on to Amari Cooper until Deshaun Watson gets back. 
Yeah, I'm really not in on Amari Cooper or really any of the pass catchers in Cleveland while Brissett is the starter. We have a pretty large sample size of Jacoby Brissett not being very good for uh, production uh, of his pass catchers. So I would avoid Cooper if I could. Yep. Last but not least here, David Njoku. Um, Low-end starter, definitely you could do worse. Uh, But this is a guy that I would definitely – I think he's going to be fantasy relevant because Brissett does like to target his tight ends. Um, but I would also be a little bit hesitant just because that offense with Brissett may just not be able to move the football very well. Um, I actually have a good amount of Njoku. I'm starting him this week with some confidence, but depending on how he plays with Brissett, you may want to start looking around at other options that may be available. Yeah, higher end of the streaming category overall because he's higher in the pecking order in the uh, the passing game there for the Browns than most of the streaming guys are for their teams, respectively. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Njoku's uh, in the back end of the starting realm. If uh, he's your guy, I wouldn't be dropping him to pick up a streamer, probably, uh, unless, like, I'd probably start Pat Fryermuth over him if he's out there. But, again, if yeah, I probably wouldn't drop Njoku to pick up Fryermuth if you believe uh, in Njoku. So you're probably riding with him if he's your guy. Yep, I agree with that. Um, And then we can move over to Carolina here. So Baker Mayfield in his first game in the Panthers jersey. Um, Definitely someone you could play in a a 2QB league or a super flex. Um, I would definitely, I mean, just because I think, I mean, if Carolina starts rolling, um, I could see Baker just trying to throw the ball as much as possible and just really try and (laughs) just just shove it to the the Browns. So um, he may just... Yeah, absolutely. So I, he's definitely a fun guy to throw out there just based on the narrative. Um, and, yeah, I, I think he could be somewhat fantasy relevant. I mean, it's hard to say he didn't have great options in Cleveland, but, you know, they were very run-heavy um, and very much just play-action-based. Maybe he can be a little bit more of himself in Carolina, and maybe that's good for him. Not too sure, but we'll definitely see. Uh, running back Christian McCaffrey he was the number two overall pick in most leagues you're obviously starting him and then wide receiver here DJ Moore Um, I actually don't mind playing him I think that he may be playing with the best quarterback he's had in his career except for probably the best quarterback he's had in his career which isn't saying much but if he gets shattered by Denzel Ward yeah (laughs) if he gets shattered (laughs) by Denzel Ward it may be a bad week but He's also another guy that if he has a really good week one and I only have him in one league, I will immediately try and trade him for value then because he's a guy who seems to get off to some good starts and just kind of sputters out as the season goes on. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how heavily he is targeted by Baker Mayfield. Uh, But yeah, if you drafted him, you're starting him. Slight downgrade just because of a tough matchup, but uh, he's probably in your lineup if you drafted him. Yep. I agree with that. Absolutely. Nick, do you want to go ahead and take over for Colts at Texans? Colts at Texans, yet another divisional matchup here in week one. Uh, we'll go ahead and start things off with the road team in Indianapolis. Uh, the line is Indy by seven. The over-under is 45 and a half. Uh, for Indy, uh, Matt Ryan, uh, the quarterback here, I think he is a great quarterback two in a super flex or two QB league, uh, probably on the fringe of streaming category, maybe for, uh, for one QB leagues. But again, I mean, I think he, no one drafted him to be their starter in a a one QB league. So you're probably not playing him, but a great option in a two quarterback league. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, you're definitely starting him. He was the one Oh one and he's playing Houston. This is uh, the reason that you picked JT one Oh one. Uh, moving on to the wide receiver room, Michael Pittman, another pretty easy one here. Good matchup 
I put him in the low end wide receiver one category and I like him in DFS a lot as well. So you're going ahead and starting Pittman and then just kind of seeing the involvement from the other pieces there, Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell. I'd like to see what the snap share is and uh, how much they are targeted in uh, Indy there on the auxiliary options. And then the only guy I'm looking at in the tight end room is Mo Ali Cox, uh, the freak giant human of a man. Uh, I'm kind of just interested to see his snap share. I think he's a, a guy that could work himself into the streaming category if uh, he has the, you know, the, the playing time. But that's kind of always been the fight for him. And he's sort of rotated in uh, a lot of different tight ends. If he's a uh, you know a half half snap kind of guy, it's going to be hard for him to find any value. But a potential streamer in Moelle Cox, that's about it. Uh, do you have anything you want to add on the indie side, or can we move on to Houston? No, Moelle Cox is a little bit interesting because I believe was it Doyle the Colts tight end that retired this off season. It felt like Doyle yep. was always the one that he was really splitting time with. And again, he may just have a better quarterback there, so he might be able to find some more fantasy relevance. Definitely a guy to keep your eye on. Yeah, there are. there's opportunities behind Pittman there. There's not a lot in the way of established pass catchers behind uh, Michael Pittman. So opportunity yep. in Indianapolis for a second guy to emerge. Uh, on the Houston side of things, uh, Davis Mills, I would probably put him in the low-end QB2 discussion. Uh, if you are in a super flex, there are worse options that we've discussed that I would start him over. But uh, that's about it for Davis Mills, low-end starter in a two-QB league. Uh, from the running back side, Damian Pierce is a very interesting discussion this week. Um, you know, uh, his first NFL game, he's listed as the starter on the Texans' unofficial uh, depth chart, so he should get the rock quite a bit. It's a pretty tough matchup against this indie defense. Uh, they have a pretty solid front seven. If Shaquille Leonard does not play, previously Darius Leonard, uh, he's one of the best linebackers in the NFL, so that will help Damian Pierce if he does not suit up, but Still a tough matchup either way. Um, I have a couple guys that are ranked around him I'd like us to get into here. Uh, would you start Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders, or Clyde Edwards, Elair, Cody? Um, well, if I had to start one out of these three, it would depend on what I needed, I would say. If I needed the highest upside possible, I'd probably go Clyde, as crazy as that may sound. But again, if I just need someone solid to go in, get me points, I need... 10 to 12 to 15 points to make sure that I, you know, beat the guy I'm playing against, then Pierce is going to be my number one guy followed by Clyde and then Sanders. Yeah. I actually kind of like all these guys this week, Clyde and Sanders find themselves with pretty good uh, matchups and Clyde in Clyde's case, not an incredible matchup, but a really good game script Sanders case, uh, a really good matchup. And then Pierce, a tough matchup, but probably will see the ball the most out of these three guys. So it's a pretty interesting discussion. Um, I think I would go Clyde, Pierce, Sanders myself. But again, I could see myself starting all three of these guys uh, if the situation presented itself. So not bad options here. But again, I would go Clyde, Pierce, and then Sanders uh, pretty much in all formats. I think these guys are all, you know, maybe Clyde's the most involved in the passing game, but most of them make their bones running the ball anyway. So uh, all these yeah. guys are pretty similar in that respect. Uh, moving on to the wide receiver room for the Texans. Brandon Cooks is the only guy we're keeping an eye on here. Um or at least for a starting potential in week one. Nico Collins is a guy to keep your eye on as far as uh, how involved he is. He should be the starter opposite Cooks on the uh, the other side of the formation. But Brandon Cooks, we discussed earlier, has maybe a little bit of a tough matchup with uh, Stephon Gilmore possibly shadowing him, but uh, I'm not downgrading him too much. Gilmore is a little bit uh, up there. He's not quite the shutdown corner he once was, even if he's still a pretty good player. Uh, I think if you've drafted Brandon Cooks, he's probably in your wide receiver two spot. 
Yep. Sorry for people who are listening to this on Friday. This is a real-life fantasy question I need to ask Nick. Would you start Gabe Davis tonight or Brandon Cooks? Man, that is a really good one. Um, I think I would lean Brandon Cooks for the guaranteed volume, and you know he can always hit the home run as well. I think the big thing with Gabe Davis I look at is that he can have a big game, but Brandon Cooks is capable of both, basically. So I think I would take Cooks for the safety this week and uh, monitor Gabe Davis's uh, involvement. All right. Yeah, I, that's kind of my thought process as well. Cool. Anything you want to add on uh, the Texans or the Colts? Uh, Brevin Jordan's a tight end for the Texans that I'm actually kind of interested in. He was a really, really high recruit uh, coming into college. Had dealt with a lot of injury issues, but he's a super athletic guy. Could work his way into streaming category, uh, but that's about it on the Texans side. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And then we can move on into the New York Giants against the Tennessee Titans. Titans favored by 5.5, over under 43.5. And we'll start here with the Giants. Quarterback Daniel Jones, um, if you are starting him in a 2QB league, I guess I understand the potential rushing upside, so maybe. But I would probably look elsewhere. Um, I think Tennessee is going to be a tough matchup for Danny Dimes, and he's just not very good. So that's <laughs> very tough for you. Solid analysis. <laughs> yeah, not very I, good, I agree. enough. Uh, running back Saquon Barkley. So obviously this guy, if you paid up for Saquon in your draft, you are 100% starting him. Uh, Nick has him as like a mid-tier RB2. I probably have him on the borderline of RB1, RB2. But again, where you drafted him, he's a must start this week. Uh, do you have anything about Saquon you want to throw in there? No, if you drafted him, you're starting him for sure. Uh, but yeah, Tennessee's a little bit of a tougher matchup. So maybe just slightly downgrade your expectations. Absolutely. And then last thing, or yeah, last thing really for the Giants, Kadarius Toney, um, I would say a low-end flex play with potential high upside. Um, So this would be one in like a super deep league if you need someone to get you, you know, that could potentially, very boom or bust. I mean, when he's been on the field, he's looked really good, but it, it really just depends on if he can stay healthy. I would probably look elsewhere for week one if I could, but if you need that high upside guy, Tony's going to be the guy to throw in there. Yeah, scary play in redraft leagues could give you an absolute zero, um, but does have a really good matchup against what profiles as a pretty weak secondary in Tennessee. So if you want to throw him in your lineup in DFS, maybe a, a tournament, I could see him having a, a couple big plays here. But uh, yeah, pretty scary in redraft. I'd probably look elsewhere. Uh, good, good play in a DFS tournament. Yep, and then for tight end, nothing to really talk about unless you are a Daniel Bellinger truther. To which I reply, <laughs> who? <No. laughs> Apparently uh, the starting tight end for the New York Giants. Uh, I yeah. learned a couple hours ago. <laughs> awesome. And then Tennessee here, uh, quarterback Ryan Tannehill, very solid QB2 and super flex. I would probably want to stay away from him in a one-quarterback league if there's another option yep. for you. Um, but, again, a really solid QB2. Uh, running back Derrick Henry, smash play. Got to start him if you drafted him without any question. And then that moves us over to the wide receiver room of the Tennessee Titans, which has gotten a lot of talk uh, this offseason. So first, we have Robert Woods and Traylon Burks. For me, Robert Woods is going to be the only one I want to start in week one. I just want to see what Traylon looks like with the ball in his hand, what his snap percentage targets look like. Um, But with Woods, we'll stay on him. I'm actually pretty confident starting him. Like if back to our – or in the same matchup – if it was Kadarius Tony or, or Robert Woods, I had to throw in my last 
flex spot, I'm going to hammer Woods in there almost every time because he's going to have to be relevant for this team to really move the football. I don't think they're going to be able to just throw to Austin Hooper and a rookie to be able to move. So only concern with Woods is he may just not get very many touchdowns this season, but if I had to start him, I would definitely in week one with some confidence. Yeah, I would go Woods uh, with Woods or Tony as well. Um, like you said, pretty much or just a little bit more guaranteed volume there with Robert Woods. Uh, I, I feel much more confident he's not going to give me a total zero versus uh, Kadarius Tony. Yeah, absolutely. And then the tight end room, or do you have anything about Traylon Burks? I feel like we're kind of on the same page with some of these rookies. We just kind of want to see how they play before we put them in our lineups. Exactly. Yep. Uh, I would definitely want to wait and see on Burks. The matchup is there again, DFS tournament. You want to throw him in there. He has big play potential, but other than that, I'm avoiding in redraft. Yep. And then a guy that um, I actually looked up a little bit more about today, Austin Hooper now in Tennessee. Um, He's probably on your waiver wire. So I think he may be someone to target um, if you know, you're iffy on your, on your tight end options. Um, but for this week, I'm probably not going to start him. I'm going to want to see how how used he is in this offense. And, um, you know, when John New Smith was there, he was fantasy relevant, caught a decent amount of touchdowns. Austin Hooper could definitely fill that same role. Um, so I actually really like Cooper on a season-long basis. And then if you need a tight end that's going to be cheap to throw in a daily fantasy lineup, another good guy to throw in there. Yeah, I really like Hooper as well as a sneaky uh, sneaky streaming play here. Uh, I, I think you're looking more in DFS because uh, unless you're in a super deep league, you probably didn't draft him to be your starter. Maybe somebody to look at if you have uh, George Kittle and you're not sure about his status. Uh, but other than that, I think uh, you're just kind of waiting and seeing on Hooper, but I think he has some potential. Yeah, absolutely. I have nothing else about the Tennessee Titans and New York Giants. You want to move on to the Packers and Vikings? We can move on to the Packers and Vikings. Yet another week one divisional matchup here between uh, Green Bay and Minnesota. We'll start on the Green Bay side of things. Uh, The line here is Green Bay minus one and a half over under is 47. Uh, Green Bay, obviously the quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, He is a low end starter this week. Uh, The matchup with Minnesota should be just fine. If you started, if you drafted him to be your guy, uh, there's no reason to look to a streamer here. Uh, do you have anything you want to add on Rodgers? Can we move into the running backs? Nope. Let's go straight into the running backs. So we've got a lot of fantasy potential here uh, between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones, you're starting him. He's a back-end RB1. He's definitely in your lineup. A.J. Dillon, a little bit more of a conversation. I'd throw him in the flex range, maybe even the back-end RB2 range. Uh, Minnesota was pretty weak against running backs last year. Uh, they did make some moves to try and upgrade their defense, but um, – you know, coming off last year, this was a fine matchup, maybe even a good one. And I think it should be relatively in that range again this year. So I'm not scared off Dylan because of the matchup, uh, but you might have an option that is similar or better. I think a couple guys that I would consider in his range are Damian Pierce and Eli Moore. So how would you rank those three, Cody? Yep. So I'm going to put a little bit of a contingency here. If Lazard does not play this Sunday, Dylan is for sure my number one guy, followed by Pierce and then Moore. And then if Lazard does play, um, I would bump Moore ahead of Dylan, but still have Dylan ahead of Moore. Um, I think all three of these guys are going to be really good fantasy options, especially in week one. And this has nothing against Elijah Moore. Again, that's a guy I said I wish I had more of in fantasy. Um, But just for week one, I'm going to take 
a running back over a wide receiver with an iffy quarterback and try and just get as much guaranteed volume for my team as possible. I think that's interesting that you say you'd move up Dylan a little bit if Lazard is out. Is that just because he becomes a little more necessary or do you think he gets a little bit more involved in the passing game if that's the case? Um, so I think if Lazard out, if Lazard is out, I think Aaron Jones gets more involved in the passing game, and then that's just a, a funnel effect where Dylan will then just get more of the receiving work or rushing work, and Aaron Jones may be flexed out to wide receiver or slot receiver a little bit more often if Lazard is th- is not there. Yeah, that's an interesting point. That's a good. Uh, that's a good point to make. I think he definitely becomes more necessary in one capacity or another in that situation. Uh, I think I would actually go Eli Moore, Dylan, and then Damian Pierce in this situation. I'm just really high on Eli Moore, and I think he has the highest upside out of this group for sure. Unless uh, one of these other guys falls into the end zone a couple times, but I could see yeah. Moore going for a big game more so than these other two. And uh, I think I like his floor because he should see quite a few targets this Sunday, but. Uh, I like all these options, honestly, so I, I don't think it's really a bad choice here, but I would go Moore, Dylan, and then Pierce in pretty much all formats. Uh, I guess the the running backs would, would jump Eli Moore in non-PBR, but uh, in half and full, I'd go Eli. Uh, the wide receiver room, we've talked about how Alan Lazard's injury kind of complicates things here. Um, I think you're probably planning on not playing him as of now because it looks pretty iffy on whether he'll play or not, so I think you want to have a backup plan here, but even if he's in the lineup, Hard to say how involved he'll be with his injury, so I'm still probably trying to avoid him, even though this matchup is not tough at all, and uh, he could be the number one guy and prove me wrong. But um, with the other options that they have, I think I would probably try to avoid Lazard with his injury and uh, the other guys in the room there. Uh, Would you play Alan Lazard, Tony Pollard, or Robert Woods? Rank those three for me. If Lazard plays, I'm going to start Alan Lazard just on the basis that he is the wide receiver, the first wide receiver option for Aaron Rodgers. Um, with that being said, I'm a little bit iffy on him just with that injury. I want, I would rather him obviously be completely healthy going into week one, but that's all right. Um, I think out of these three, if Lazard plays, I would start Lazard first. And then I think I would, I'm on a little little bit of a live tilt here. I think I would go Lazard, Pollard, and then Woods because I think Pollard's going to have a little bit more value as a receiving option against that stout uh, Tampa Bay defense, which we'll get into that in a second. But um, if Lazard plays, I'm locking him in my lineup. And then I'm, I'm going to bank on him not playing, so have options prepared. But if he's there, I would feel good starting him. Yeah, I think I would go Woods, Lazard, Pollard. Not a strong preference uh, one way or another there with those top two. I think I would uh, prefer the wide receivers pretty heavily to Pollard there uh, against the tough Tampa Bay defense and, uh, you know, obviously having the backup role to begin with. So I I don't have uh, a really great reason other than the the injury. It just kind of scares me because it kind of cropped up out of nowhere and it seems like it's been lingering a little more than uh, we would want it to here for Lazard. So I think I would go Woods, then Lazard, then Pollard myself. Uh, In the tight end room, um, oh, and from the, the Packers' perspective, definitely keep an eye on the rookies' involvement, both Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. Not starting them this week, but again, just wanting to see how much they are on the field. Tight end yeah, Watson Robert is Tanyan. back for week one also, in case you didn't know. Yeah, they both that. should play. Yeah, they both yep. should be out there. Uh, and Watson is, you know, just coming off that injury, hasn't practiced much, but he should play as well. So yep. Robert Tunyon uh, in the tight end room, Cody's guy. Uh, he should actually play in week one, surprisingly, considering his injury timeline. That is very good news for Tunyon's uh, week 
or excuse me, season long value. But I think in week one, you're definitely looking elsewhere. Not sure how much he's going to play uh, coming back from that injury, but the fact that he's out there at all is good news for his season long value. Yeah, my thing with Tanya is very simple. He's a great stash piece for me. I'm not going to start him week one, even if he's playing. But there's going to have to be someone catching touchdowns for this team. And I think Tanyan's probably caught the most from Aaron Rodgers. Well, besides Aaron Jones on the team. So I I like Robert Tanyan long term. But let's get fully healthy and let's not let's not mess up that knee. Because I might need you here later on this season. <laughs> Cody sending a personal heartfelt message uh, in a completely selfish manner to Robert Tanyan. You'll love to see it. Uh, moving it's all about on him getting Minnesota. healthy. <laughs> yes, no, clearly sure we have his <laughs> best interest at heart right now. <laughs> um, on the Minnesota thigh side of things, uh, Kirk Cousins in the quarterback position is kind of an interesting call here. I think he's one of the only guys that we drafted as a starter that I might actually be wanting to stream uh, someone else on. Uh, hopefully, if you grab Cousins, uh, you have another guy uh, to kind of rotate in and out with, maybe a high upside backup like Justin Fields or Trey Lance. I think I would still go Cousins over Fields, but I would probably plug Lance in over Cousins if you have those two. Uh, tough matchup against this Green Bay defense, a really good secondary and uh, some good edge rushers as well. So tough sledding for Cousins in week one. Uh, if he's your guy and you don't have a better option, I would not drop him to stream. But uh, if you have a high upside backup, I would consider going that route. How about you, Cody? Nope, you nailed it right on the head. I put Fields' name in there because I wanted to see how you felt about putting him over Cousins, but I'm right there with you. I'm Lance Cousins Fields for this week. Um, there's a chance Cousins is fantasy relevant. It's just he's going to have a really tough matchup against the Green Bay defense. So for that reason, I'm going to go ahead and choose Lance over him. But if you don't have another backup option, I think Kirk's going to be fine. Just his upside is going to be limited a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And then Fields uh, with the tough match against San Fran kind of cancels that out. So that's the reason that I would stick with Cousins on on that one. Uh, but sure. the running back room, Dalvin Cook, he's a starter. Uh, Green Bay has a little bit of a funnel defense here with the good secondary and the, uh, the average front seven. So I think uh, Cook's going to be even more necessary than most weeks. He kind of has a propensity to, uh, to, to go off against the Packers, too. He's had a few huge games against them in the past. Uh, I would go ahead and look his way even in DFS, too. I think Derek Henry and uh, Dalvin Cook are my favorite two star running backs uh, this week in DFS uh, because of their solid matchups. Wide receiver room, Justin Jefferson, he's a starter. Uh, again, maybe a slight downgrade because he might have to be matched up with Jair Alexander, but you're absolutely still starting him in any sort of redraft situation. Adam Thielen is a little bit of a tougher call. I think I would probably try to avoid here with a tough Green Bay defense. If he doesn't score a touchdown, I'm thinking he's going to throw you out uh, a dud here in week one. Um, so with that being said, I have a few guys I want you to rank for me. Uh, I have Thielen, Juju Smith-Schuster, Christian Kirk, and A.J. Dillon. What do you think, Cody? So I think, and this, I guess whenever I made this, it would be with Alan Lazard playing. So I'm going to put Kirk and Dillon as my 1A, 1B. If Alan Lazard's out, I could, I would probably move Kirk ahead of Dillon or Dylan ahead of Kirk. So I have Kirk one, Dylan two. I have Juju three and then Thielen four. Um, I may be just way wrong on Thielen, but I I don't have him in any fantasy leagues for a reason, and starting him is would just be tough. I mean, if you're in a deep league and you're having to choose between Christian Kirk or Adam Thielen, like that's a really tough decision to have to make, and I'm kind of happy I don't have to make that at all. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, Kirk, Dylan, Juju, Thielen, and 
yeah, I'm just I'm just low on feeling. I can't get myself to get out of this like little rut that I have him in. Yeah, I I really like feeling as a player still, but I think his age, injury concerns, and uh, you know th- those two things are kind of the biggest things for me. So while he's healthy early in the year, I think he'll be fine. But this matchup is the sort of a thing that's just scaring me off of Thielen for this week in particular. I think in this uh, this group of four, I would go Dylan, Kirk, Thielen, Juju. So uh, flip-flopping one and two and three and four uh, for Cody there. But again, the, the, the top two guys, I agree, are a kind of a cut above Juju and Thielen on the three-four line there for that group. So uh, yeah. once again, Dylan, Kirk, Thielen and Juju is how I would rank those four guys. Um, and then slight bump up to Dylan and uh, Dylan and Thielen in non-DBR because of the, uh, you know, the touchdown sure. potential there. But yep. uh, moving on to the tight end room, Irv Smith. I-, I think another wait and see guy at the tight end position, maybe, maybe in the streaming category this week. But um, I-, I think this is a guy you didn't draft to be a starter. I think you're, you can afford to wait and see on Irv Smith. And, uh, you know, he's a potential potential riser here he had pretty good draft capital and might uh work his way into a role here in the passing game but i would not want to rely on that in week one yeah i am right there with you this is a guy if he's on your waiver wires i'd consider picking him up before week one because he may get in the end zone and then his you're gonna have to drop fab on him um again this is maybe just me being down on Thielen. i think irv smith could move into that like second receiving role on this team as the season goes on. So definitely a guy I'm high on long-term, but I do not want to have to be playing him for week one. Let's go ahead and move on to Casey, Arizona. You can take point, Cody, and let's try to fly through these last couple games. We're already at an hour 16. I want us yeah. to stay under an hour and a half. Yeah, I was going to say we're pacing right at an hour and a half. So let's let's roll through these. So Casey at Arizona. Casey a six-point favorite over under 53 and a half. I think the Surprising. highest over under of the week. Yeah, very high. Uh, we'll start with I was Casey. surprised by that. Oh, six, I'm also surprised. I was thinking more like yep. three and a half, four personally. So mm-hmm. I think six is kind of that's – a, that's a lot to eat for week one. But Big number. Yeah. But Patrick Mahomes, high-end starter, you're going to play him. He's also a good DFS option. I think he's going to be a little bit undervalued because of the whole Tyree kill leaving, but still great option overall. Um, while running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So I'm just going to read my notes here. As the resident Chiefs fan – Defending Clyde has been a priority on this podcast, and that's going to continue today. Clyde is going to have over 80 all-purpose yards, three catches, and a touchdown in Sunday's game against Arizona. You can go ahead and book it. You could parlay all three of those things together and thank me later. Um, But if we're looking at Clyde, Kareem Hunt, and Rashad Penny, I might start Rashad Penny over Clyde. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) <laughs> interesting interesting following that ranking up with uh you know the bold prediction that you had there i uh, I, I like clyde this week as well mostly because of the game script i think he's a solid rb2 maybe on the lower end of that spectrum but uh between clyde hunt and penny uh, i'm assuming that cody has penny clyde and then kareem hunt i would probably go uh I would probably go, oh, that's tough. Um, I think I'd go Clyde, Hunt, and then Penny myself. But all these guys find themselves probably close to back-to-back if I had rankings. So I, yeah. I don't really have a strong preference one way or another. These guys are all low-end RB2s for me. Yeah, and if I had like if I had a situation where all three of these guys were on my team, I would probably start Clyde over Penny. But if you just had just Clyde and Penny on your team, if you need the guaranteed points, I'd probably go Penny, but I think the upside for Clyde is a lot higher than Rashad Penny, especially week one going against uh, Denver for Penny. So just another tidbit there. But 
Wide receivers. Now, this is probably one of the most interesting things for this week. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, if you paid up for him, you probably feel like you have to start him this week because he was going at a decent point in drafts. Um, I would rather wait and see how the KC offense is run, and I would transitioning over to MVS at the same time. MVS would be my DFS start throw. I feel like he is their like somewhat replacement for Tyreek Hill, and I could see him just getting more work immediately. Again, it was a preseason game, but the one that I went to, MVS was Mahomes' target behind Kelsey. Um, now, you know, Juju wasn't in that game. He wasn't playing, but that could also mean something else where Juju just doesn't hasn't gotten the same amount of work that MVS has with Mahomes. So if I'm playing anyone in this receiving core, I'm going to go with MVS. He's going to be my, my throw for the season-long receiving totals and for this week. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I've been kind of of the mind that this uh, Chiefs wide receiver room is going to be next. Uh, just going to be like kind of a different guy every week based on the matchup. I'm not sure you're going to be able to count on one of these guys being the target leader week in and week out. Uh, so yeah, I'm a little bit down on both of them as uh, compared to the industry. Uh, but yeah, I mean, well, it'll be interesting to see how the uh, how they are used this week. If we can maybe establish a clear one out of these guys potentially, uh, but. Uh, if I had to rank uh, three guys that are in pretty similar range here between Juju, Renfro, and Eli Moore, I would go Eli Moore, Renfro, and then Juju. I'm just not confident in calling my shot on these Chiefs receivers. Yep, I would agree with you as well. I think Eli is a clear step above both Renfro and Juju. And then Juju and Renfro, I mean, I, I could see a lot of people taking the shot on Juju just because he's in this Chiefs offense, but... I'm, I'm not joking when I, I don't think Juju is going to be very productive this year. It's going to be hard not to be somewhat productive with Mahomes as your quarterback, but we'll see as the season goes on. Uh, tight end, Travis Kelsey, enough said. You're starting him. We'll move on over to Arizona here. Quarterback, Kyler Murray. Um, again, if you drafted him, you're 100% starting him. Um, running back, James Conner, kind of same situation if you're starting him. If you drafted him, you're probably starting him for sure. And I think he has a really good matchup against the Chiefs' run defense this week. So he's even more of a smash play for me. Uh, maybe someone even in DFS options I'm looking at. It's just in DFS it's a little iffy because he's going to have to get in the end zone to be really relevant in that space. Um, but we can move over to the wide receivers. I think that's probably where the only interesting conversation for the Cardinals is. Marquise Brown, I think he's locked and loaded for sure. A starter could potentially have a huge game against the Chiefs. I mean, Murray could be running around in that backfield all day and just find Brown downfield continuously. So I, I love him this week, must start. And then Rondell Moore, I am a little bit questionable of. I think the guy we're going to get into again, the tight end, is going to end up taking away from what Rondell Moore could be. Um, so I'm probably going to wait on Rondell Moore, see how involved he is. Uh, Nick, do you have anything about quarterback through wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, I like I like Ronda Moore as a DFS dart throw just because of the game scripts here. Should be a really high scoring game, a fifty three and a half point over and under, like you said, the highest of the week. So you want to target uh, some of the auxiliary options here in DFS because somebody is going to score a touchdown uh, from the uh, the secondary options. It's just uh, you know a matter of guessing the right guy there. Maybe it's Ryan Dale Moore this week. And Marquise Brown, yeah, a high-end wide receiver, too. Should be extremely necessary, uh, again, against a, a tough Chiefs team that's going to score a lot. And uh, they're going to have to throw the ball a ton. Marquise Brown is the clear one here, so definitely start him. Yep, for sure. And then Zach Ertz, again, if you drafted him, 
you drafted him for these first six weeks without any D-hop there, so I'm 100% going to throw him out there. Um, Ertz or Komet, I'm going to go with Zach Ertz. I think he's the second receiving option on this team. Yeah, agreed. I like the uh, the game script a lot more for Ertz, uh, and yeah, like you said, the, the first six weeks is why you drafted him. I'm going Ertz over Komet. Yep, and so we're really pushing an hour 30 here. So, Nick, you just do Las Vegas uh, against Los Angeles, and if I have anything really differing, I'll, I'll interject there, but I'll let you take this game over. So uh, Las Vegas at the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers favored by 3.5, over under 52.5. Another juicy, juicy total. We really like seeing those numbers above 50. You want to target those games. Uh, starting on the Las Vegas side, we have Derek Carr. I think uh, he is a fantastic second quarterback in the Superflex League on the, the cuff of being a starter on the, the fringe of the starting range there, probably in the you know 12 to 14 range if I did rankings for quarterbacks. So uh, if you don't have a better option, he's fine. You can throw him in there. But uh, probably only for deeper leagues, 14-plus teams uh, is where I would be looking for him as a starter in a one-quarterback situation. The running back room uh, – Josh Jacobs has been kind of an interesting discussion this offseason. Seems like the Raiders have been trying to downplay his involvement in the offense, but I still think he's going to be the main runner against what was a very, very weak running defense last year. So uh, I like Josh Jacobs. I think he has a really good shot to score a touchdown. And uh, I think uh, a question I have here between Jacobs and Darnell Mooney, I would go Jacobs myself just because I think there's a much better chance he scores. Uh, I don't know. I think Cody is probably going to lean the other way. Uh, but what would you say between Jacobs and Mooney, bud? Cody? Sorry, my bad. Had myself uh, muted there. So in a flex play, I'd start Mooney. I think his upside is higher and his floor may be higher as well if he is the target hog. I think he is. But you do bring up a good point. If you just need someone to get in that end zone and give you that six-point boost, Jacobs might be the guy that's more likely to do that. In the wide receiver room, Devontae Adams, surefire start. Uh, no J.C. Jackson in this one, so you don't even have to worry about that downgrade for Devontae Adams. Uh, definitely throw him out there if you drafted him. Hunter Renfro, he's a little bit more of a discussion. Uh, mid-pack matchup on paper. They have a pretty good slot corner, but uh, someone that Renfro did okay against last year in their matchups. Uh, uh, last year they played twice, so... Uh, I think Renfro is a fine option as a, you know, maybe a, a mid-tier flex, lower-end wide receiver three type. Uh, I think if I had to rank him, Thielen, and uh, A.J. Dillon, I'd probably throw him in the middle there with Dillon on top. I'd probably play him over Thielen in this one just because of the better scoring atmosphere and uh, the slightly less tough matchup between the two of them. Uh, do you disagree with anything uh, that I said there? Nope. Out of the three, I would go A.J. Dillon, Hunter Renfro, Adam Thielen, and for the basically the same reasons you just gave, so all good. And in the tight end room, Darren Waller, uh, you're definitely starting him if you have him. It looks like he's healthy and ready to go. He has his new contract, so uh, any sort of holdout situation is has been avoided at this point, uh, but – I think you. the only thing I would say here is maybe avoiding him in DFS just to uh, wait and see how this split plays out between uh, Waller, Renfro, and Adams. But if you have him, you're starting. Uh, yep. Moving on to the Chargers side of things. Uh, this, this one should be pretty easy, to be honest with you, uh, because you're starting pretty much everybody. Justin Herbert, absolutely good DFS target. I think I would take the cheapest option between him, Herbert, and Kyler if you're looking to pay up at quarterback for DFS. Uh, all of those are great options. 
Uh, running back, Austin Eckler, absolutely. You can stack him in uh, DFS as well if you want to go that route uh, and hope that the Chargers just absolutely boom this week. Uh, the wide receiver room, Mike Williams, 100%. You are playing him. Uh, another great stack for DFS if you want to throw Justin to, uh, Justin Herbert in there with him. Uh, I think they could connect on a long touchdown here. And Keenan Allen, absolutely starting him as well. Uh, both these guys probably find themselves in a high-end wide receiver two range. But if you drafted them, they are absolutely in your lineup. And then on the tight end side, uh, Gerald Everett's a fine DFS dart throw if you want to make it. Uh, stacking him with Herbert, they could uh, end up with a touchdown here. Lots of points are going to be scored, but I think I would prefer to wait and see on a redraft level uh, for Gerald Everett. Do you have anything to add on the Chargers, Cody? Nope, you nailed the Chargers. I'll go ahead and take over for Tampa Bay at the Dallas Cowboys. Tampa Bay is favored by 2.5 on the road, and the over-under is 50.5 points. Um, we'll start here with Tampa Bay quarterback Tom Brady if you have him you're most likely starting him I unless you paired him with another like high-end young quarterback but even in that case I'm going to start him in this lineup against Dallas shaky Dallas's shaky pass defense um, on to the running back Leonard Fournette again where you drafted him gotta play him um, but may we'll just want to keep an eye on him and make sure that he is as involved as we all think he's going to be and in the wide receiver room, this is where it gets a little bit interesting. Mike Evans, I think you play him no matter – obviously you play him no matter what. And then Chris Godwin, I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, keep Chris Godwin out of my week one lineups. Super high on him for season long, but he's iffy to play the game uh, coupled with – you know, there's been some positive news about his injury, but it's not Chris Godwin's back and he's ready to roll – so I think for that reason, I'm just going to leave him out. I think you got him late enough in drafts. You should have other pieces you can plug and play instead of Godwin this week. Yeah, with that new report that I read moments before we started uh, recording here that he's going to be a game-time decision for a Sunday night game, I'm probably uh, leaving him out of my lineups even as better, well, yeah. unless you have maybe a Judy or somebody that you can replace him with on Monday night. But even then, I'd probably just go ahead and start Judy over him because we don't know how involved Godwin will be, even if he plays. makes a lot of sense for the Bucks to just sit him down. They have plenty of options in the wide receiver room. I don't know why they would rush him back here uh, if he's not sure about his availability. Yeah, this is a team trying to make the Super Bowl, so I don't think they're going to rush anybody back from injury. Um, and then tight end here, both Rudolph and Cameron Brake could both be potential streaming options. Just kind of depends on which one is going to get the the workload. I mean, Rudolph. I mean, I was really excited for Cameron Brake, and then they signed Kyle Rudolph. So we'll just kind of have to see how that plays out. Yeah, I agree. Uh, not not much there for Week One, but could be uh, potentially interesting down the line for sure. And then Dallas. Uh, We'll start here. Quarterback Dak Prescott. I think that you have to start him if you not if you drafted him because he did fall quite a bit in drafts. You may end up with two quarterbacks, but he's going to be a good a good play this week. Um, their the Bucks pass defense is a little bit more shaky, and their run defense is unbelievable. So they're going to have to throw the ball to really try and stay in this game. So for that reasons, I think Dak is a smash play unless you have a really high end quarterback on your roster as well, and then. Talking about the Bucks' insane run defense, we'll get into the running backs. Both Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Um, I, I'm actually relatively high on Zeke on a season-long basis again, but this is a very, very tough matchup. Um, and I think it's, again, their run defense is so good that they may just have to pass the ball out of the backfield more often, which is where I think Pollard really becomes more valuable. So 
the three names we have here for Zeke are Zeke, Edmonds, and Damian Pierce. I would probably still put Zeke in there, but I would very much deter, uh, very much be questioning if I should start either Edmonds or Pierce because they both could have better games this week. Yeah, I think I would go Edmonds, Pierce, and Zeke. I, uh, I really, really am trying to avoid Zeke this week in redraft if you can. Uh, I don't mind him in redraft uh, for the rest of the year. I think he's going to be fine, uh, and he's going to get the rock a lot. And once he has some better matchups, he will uh, you know, be able to, to get something going there on the ground. But he's going to have very tough sledding against uh, Tampa Bay's tough run defense, uh, as he did in week one last year, threw you up a dud. Uh, in that one. So I think Dallas is going to have a similar game plan here, probably trying to attack them through the air. I would try to avoid if you can, but he's in the flex range just because he will see the ball quite a bit. Absolutely. And then Pollard, a couple names around Pollard's, you know, level. Uh, Robert Woods, Chris Olave. I would probably go Woods, Pollard, and then Olave. Um, And then again, my big thing for Pollard this week is I think they're going to have to throw the ball to their running backs, and that's where he kind of excels. So I could see him becoming actually really valuable. He may even outscore Zeke, depending on how involved Zeke is in the passing game. Yeah, between those three, I would probably go... uh... I would probably go Olave, Woods, and then Pollard, but not a strong preference between them. I kind of like your point about Pollard maybe being a little more necessary in this one uh, with the, the middle clogged up. A little bit more of the uh, the edge player is Tony Pollard uh, on the outside there. He can uh, sort of get outside a little better than Zeke can at this point in his career. Uh, but uh, we'll see how they're used. I, I don't love the matchup either way for Tony Pollard. The, the, the Bucks front seven is pretty good. So I think I would go Woods, Olave, and then Pollard. Yep, for sure. And then uh, we'll just group these two together. C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, if you drafted them, you're starting them. And then um, Jalen Tolbert, someone you want to keep an eye on. Um, I'm probably not frisky enough to put him in a DFS lineup this week, but definitely someone that you should keep on your radar as they are going to have to have another receiving option. And then even when Gallup comes back off of the injury, still a little bit questionable on whether or not he'll be slotted right back into that wide receiver two role. Yeah, if you're trying to get uh, different in a DFS tournament and you want to stack him and Prescott and hope for maybe a touchdown or two, I think uh, that's really the only space you're looking for Tolbert. But, yeah, we're just keeping an eye on his involvement and seeing how much, uh, you know, how much he is involved in this offense in week one. Yep. All right. You obviously rigged this, so that way you could talk about the Denver Broncos, but let's go. Let's get into it. (laughs) Denver at Seattle, our Monday night game. Russ's return to uh, the Seahawks stadium here in his first game in a Denver Broncos uniform. I am excited for this one. Denver is favored by six and a half points on the road. Over under is 44 and a half. Uh, Starting on the Denver side of things, uh, Russell Wilson, you're absolutely starting him if he's your guy. Uh, Seattle profiles as a pretty bad defense this year. Let's ride, boys. Um, but uh, absolutely, yeah, we're, we're starting Russ if you have him. Uh, the, the Seattle defense, like I said, does not profile to be very good. So uh, he's your QB1. No need to look elsewhere. Uh, from the running back room, uh, Javante Williams, uh-huh, you're starting him. Uh, Low-end RB1 for me this week. Uh, again, the, the Seattle defense does not scare you on any level uh, for the running backs or the wide receivers, so we're putting Javante in our lineup. And even Melvin Gordon, uh, the, the second guy up here, you could do worse at the flex or RB3 spot if you're in a pretty deep league. I think I would probably rather him, play him than Tony Pollard, who we just talked about. And then uh, even the, the Patriots guys, Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson, I would lean Gordon myself because I could see the Broncos being up in the second half and grinding down 
uh, the Seahawks with uh, Javante and Melvin uh, at the end of that game. So I would probably go uh, the, the, the Gordon route as opposed to the other guys that are in splits this week. Um, you have anything you want to add on uh, either Russ or the Denver running backs, or can we go to the receivers? Nope, go ahead go to the receivers. Cortland Sutton, I'd uh, put him in the mid-tier wide receiver two category, but if you drafted him, you're definitely starting him. Uh, again, a weak matchup with the Seattle corners this week. And then Judy, I'd throw him more in the back end wide receiver two category. I could see you having better options, but again, don't be scared to start him if he's your guy. Uh, would you rank these guys for me real quick, Cody? I have Jerry, Judy, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, and A.J. Dillon. Yep, very easy for me. Uh, Jerry, Judy, and then A.J. Dillon, then Mike Thomas, and then Juju Smith-Schuster. I would actually agree with you 100% there, and you don't have to change it. Uh, I guess in non-DBR, I'd throw Dillon ahead of Judy, but that would be the only change I'd make based on format. Yeah. Um, Tight end, Alberto, another guy that we're going to want to wait and see here. Could turn into a decent streamer, but, uh, yeah, you just want to see his involvement first. I'm not bold enough to throw him in a week one lineup. Uh, Seattle, uh, quarterback, Geno Smith, uh, no thank you. We're looking elsewhere, even in two quarterback leagues. Uh, I don't think anyone's desperate enough to go Geno against a good Denver Broncos defense. Uh, the running back room is really where the interesting fantasy aspect comes here with Rashad Penny, uh, Ken Walker, probably not playing in this one. Even if he is, he'll be pretty limited. I think he's going to be the guy. Denver actually had a okay run defense last year. They were much stronger in the secondary. So I think this is where you can exploit them. I think Penny should have a fine game and he should see the ball quite a bit. Uh, so I think he profiles as a back-end RB2. And I have here Penny or Godwin or Penny or Zeke, but I think we've already kind of played that out already with the other questions we've asked. I would definitely have Penny ahead of both of those guys. And then Same Zeke thing. ahead of Godwin with the new injury news that we just received. So yep. um, moving on to the wide receivers, DK Metcalf uh, is a back-end wide receiver too, has a tough matchup. We'll probably see a whole lot of Pat Sertan on the outside. He's an exceptional second-year corner. Yep. Uh, and he has Geno Smith throwing on the ball, so I'm worried Metcalf could throw you a dud, but uh, he's an incredible player, could always catch a long one, so he still finds himself in the back-end wide receiver two category. I'm avoiding him if you can, but again, if you, start, if you drafted him in the fourth or fifth round, uh, he's probably in your starting lineup, and uh, you're just hoping for a long touchdown there for Metcalf. And kind of the same for Tyler Lockett, although it's going to be easier to bench him because of his draft capital. Uh, deeper leagues, he's an option. Uh, better in non-PPR, but again, I'm really trying to avoid Lockett against a tough Denver defense. Yep, I am right there with you. Is there any chance you start DJ Chark over Tyler Lockett? And this is a decision I'm currently having to make. <laughs> oh, man. I am going to go Tyler Lockett just be, just because I think you're going to have guaranteed target volume there. I could see Chark Same. coming out and just seeing two targets and not catching either one of them. Yeah. I think Lockett will at least see the ball five times at the very least. So uh, I think that's where I would go between those two. And then yeah. in the tight end room for Seattle, Noah Fant, uh, another another guy waiting and seeing. I don't I don't want to throw him in there in week one against the tough defense. You got the revenge narrative, but... Um, yeah, same as Albert O on the other side. We're waiting and seeing, and uh, maybe a streamer later on in the year. Yep. Well, week one down, All right. 17 more to go, or 16 Let's more to go. Let's do it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, 18 or 17 more to yeah, go. You're 17 right more time, to go. Right? There's 18 weeks. Yeah, 17 <laughs> yeah. games. You're right. I'm, I'm, you know, an hour and a half later. I've, I've lost my step a little bit, but. Oh, that uh, was a marathon, buddy. Absolutely. But 
if you if you stuck around for the full thing, we didn't plug it before. But like, comment, subscribe, all the good stuff. Share with all your friends, family, enemies. We don't care. And um, yeah, check out. Uh, we've dropped a podcast almost every day this week. So if you missed anything, make sure you're fully prepared by Sunday by taking a look at all of our podcasts. Nick, do you have anything for the people before we peace on out of here? Uh, no, I don't think so, man. I'm just excited for week one, and I can't wait uh, to actually see all of the things we've been talking about play out on the field. Yep, it's time. Football time, baby. Let's go. All right, peace out, everybody. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. See you.